I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves for their life outside of their sports. Thank you for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam. Uh, excited that you're with us for this conversation today on athlete identity foreclosure. It's going to be a great topic, something that comes up quite a bit uh, when we're working with athletes and we look at this academic research that's been done um, around the topic. Uh, but before we get into it, I just wanted to say, hey, thank you for listening to the podcasts every week and tuning in. I'm getting great feedback and great topics recommended by listeners. So thank you so much for doing that. Please continue to reach out. Uh, you can find me on social media. You can leave a comment in the comments section uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. But we've got some great topics that are going to continue to come uh, your way. And uh, I appreciate you all taking the time to, to listen and to tune in. So let's just get right into it. Athlete identity foreclosure. If you think about the words, it makes sense on what it is, but let's just talk a little bit more accurately about what this term is, what it means, how it affects athletes, and then let's talk about maybe some, some ideas as we think about overcoming this idea of identity foreclosure. Athletic identity foreclosure, it, it really refers to this idea that oftentimes athletes themselves commit to this athlete role in terms of their identity uh, to the detriment or in the absence of other identity roles in their lives. So they view themselves as an athlete, they refer to themselves as an athlete, and that is all consuming in their identity. And this notion of foreclosure is the idea that at a certain point, sports are going to come to an end. At a certain point, the ball is going to stop bouncing and athletes are going to be in this place of figuring out what's next in life. Now, let's not put it all on the athlete, right? Because this idea of athlete as an identity um, really comes at an early age because so many people around the athlete reinforce that, right? For athletes, especially those athletes that are competing at the professional levels, their focus has to be on their sport so much, right? Because there's obviously there's talent and there's kind of just ability, uh, but then there's also this work and this work ethic that has occurred throughout life to get them to where they are. And so the athlete views themselves as the athlete and those around them just reinforce that about, you know, this person being referred to as the athlete or, oh, that's that basketball player or that football player or whatever that sport might be. And so both the internal uh, pressures of the individual athlete viewing their identity as being wrapped up in, an, in that of an athlete, and then also that reinforcement from those around them lead to this intense pressure for athletes to identify themselves as just that, as an athlete. And we know, we know that athletes are so much more than an athlete, and, and LeBron James has coined that phrase of being more than an athlete. But yet, there's still something to think about when it comes to identity foreclosure, which is being more than an athlete, what does that mean then when sports end, right? And it's, it's this notion that when sports end, there should already be this breadth of an identity that an individual athlete has for themselves so that when they transition out of the sport and out of the game, that they, they already know who they are, right? And, and again, you know, I'm not trying to get too deep here. This really is something that is a psychological as well as sociological kind of area of study. It's common and normal in adolescence, typically, 
around trying to, you know, when people are just trying to find themselves and we get that. What this conversation about is really focusing on this idea of how do we overcome this identity foreclosure when sports end, right? How do we kind of overcome that? How do we help athletes, you know, protect themselves so that when they're done with their sport, they have an idea of who they are and a plan for kind of where their life is going. So when we start to think about that in the world that I'm in, oftentimes I'm having conversations with athletes for issues that that don't relate specifically to their sport. So as a sports attorney, the industry that I work in is sports. I work with individual professional athletes, but the focus is really on all of these other things that affect their lives, all of these other areas of law. And, and the podcast has definitely had different topics on some of those areas that affect athletes' lives, but it's really beyond their sport. So I get the benefit of many of the conversations I'm having don't directly correlate to the actual sport that they're playing. And it gives me this opportunity to be able to have some of these other conversations around life and what's going on in life uh, for, for these athletes. And so when you think about kind of protecting against identity foreclosure in athletes, there really has to be a focus early on in their career, or early on in their in their lives around what's next, right? And if you're a, a, an elite college athlete who's looking to go pro, we know that the focus is going to be on doing everything that's possible to physically, mentally uh, prepare yourself for playing at the professional level. But when I start talking with athletes, especially rookies, as they transition in, part of the conversation is, I know it's early and I know that you're focused on your sport. In fact, you're probably hyper-focused because you want to make sure that that you do all that's necessary to kind of cement yourself on the team and be successful in your sport. But let's just talk about the numbers. Let's just talk about like what's what's honest, right? And if we know that in football, let's just say, for example, the average career is, you know, under four years. So it's three point whatever the statistics say these days, 3.2, 3.4, you know, years um, is the average career length. Okay, so if you're 21, let's just say, when you enter the NFL, then you're looking at being 24, 25 years old when you're done. And so at 25, if you're having an average career, and let's just say you, let's just say you, you double the average, and let's say you end up having a, a, a great career that lasts you know, six, seven, eight years. So maybe you're 28, 29 years old. The conversation around what's next has to start while you're still playing. Right? And so we have these conversations with rookies around you know, what do you see yourself doing? Right? What do you see yourself doing outside of your sport when your sport ends? And for some, it could be philanthropic endeavors. For others, it may be particular industries that they want to be a part of. Some may not know or have an idea as to what they want to do next, and that's okay as well. But there has to be this conversation around who are you outside of your sport? And that can allow then some ideas to flow around how do you overcome a potential you know, identity foreclosure down the road. When we think about this, some of our conversations, they kind of go like this. I'll ask, you know, what is it that you're interested in? What are some areas in life that interest you, that excite you? What is it that if, if you could have an ideal job outside of being a professional athlete, what is that? And when we start to have those conversations, now we can start to put a plan around how do we start to investigate and explore those areas. So, for example, 
if an athlete says, you know, I, I really like real estate, I'm interested in real estate, and 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 I've I've gotten that from a number of athletes, and that's a it's a great industry, but it's also very broad, right? What is what does that mean? And so that's a great place to start because I'll use that as an example when when talking with players to say, well, let's think about it in a lot of different ways. We could look at uh, a real estate investment trust, right, which is the investment side, the financial side on real estate, or we could look at you know commercial development and being a commercial developer or a residential developer. Um, we could look at construction. We could look at you know public-private partnerships when it comes to real estate and urban development. You could look at stadium deals and other types of large you know commercial deals. There are so many different areas there, but that's what's great about it. Just starting the exploration process because then the conversation goes to okay. So while you're playing your sport, a lot of people will pick up the phone to talk to you. A lot of people will want to hear more about what you do and what you're interested in and will be open to you know, the idea of having you come and shadow them or spend time with them during the off season. So you can start to explore these different areas and start to get this 360 degree approach and understanding of this real estate you know, area and this real estate industry because there's so many different you know, aspects to it. And so being able to have that as a starting point now it says, okay, during my career, when I have the opportunity, you know, through the team to meet, you know, different uh, season ticket holders or to meet different sponsors that we might have, to meet the developers who maybe developed the stadium uh, that, that we play in or our practice facility, you know, now you can start to have some introductions and conversation to just say, I don't know much about this particular area, but I'm interested in it. Right. So so that's, I think, kind of the professional side of overcoming identity foreclosure, which is if football has been or if any sport has been my profession throughout my life and it comes to an end, you know, and I ask myself, who am I? And I've built my identity based on my profession, then to be able to have another profession that's there that is ready for you when you're, you know, transitioning out of your sport, then that helps with this idea of of ensuring you know, a solid identity um, from that perspective. But there's also other aspects. There's the social aspect too. And we've seen, obviously, in this, this summer of 2020, but I mean, dating back for, for you know, years here recently, but also decades of athletes being involved in activism. And there are many different examples and stories that we could go to. In fact, I've had some conversations. We're probably going to do a podcast um, with a couple athlete guests who have really gotten involved in social activism uh, space. But again, this, it's this notion of you know, thinking about who are we. And so profession, thinking about your profession is, is one way of doing that. But it's also, you know, who am I in terms of the impact that I'm having on, on myself, on my family, on my community? And it's, it's that combination and that discussion that can help athletes understand who they are even beyond being an athlete in certain respects that much easier. So there's that social, there's that professional side as well. But one of the things that I, I think is interesting to talk about is name, image, and likeness and the impact that that can have on identity and athlete identity foreclosure more specifically. So uh, most of you know who listen to me know that I, I do a lot of, of speaking and thought leadership in this area of name, image, and likeness. And name, image, and likeness is really going to be the, the biggest change to college sports 
uh, that we've seen in decades, um, you know, maybe if ever. I mean, maybe since, you know, the early 1950s when they started um, offering athletic scholarship. So name, image, and likeness we know is going to be a significant impact um, in the world of college sports. But when I think about athlete identity foreclosure, this notion of being able to commercialize or be compensated for the use of your name, image, and likeness could really have a potential positive effect when it comes to an athlete's identity. Because, you know, at the college level, so often, you know, athletes are obviously referred to as student athletes. And so there are these two areas that are competing when it comes to an athlete's identity, and it's it's the, their identity as a student and their identity as an athlete. And, and oftentimes, just based on the amount of time that an athlete commits to their sport, especially at the highest levels, this identity of athlete um, oftentimes outweighs the identity of, of being a student. And so, you know, when you think about this idea of name, image, and likeness coming into effect next year in, in 2021, athletes are going to have the opportunity to do things that they've never been able to do before. They're going to have the opportunity to, you know, start businesses and, and go down an entrepreneurial path. They're going to have the opportunity to get compensated for coaching uh, clinics and camps in their sport, doing speaking engagements. Obviously, then, you know, they're going to be able to be compensated for endorsements or marketing opportunities, you know, autograph signings and other things that are going to put them in front of different brands, different companies who want to leverage the athlete's name, image, and likeness for the benefit of the brand. And one of the things that athletes, I think, are going to have to understand is the opportunity that gets created when you get to speak with and work with, let's say, a, a marketing director at a particular brand or the head of sports and entertainment for a particular company that is leveraging that athlete for the promotion of their brand. These are going to be opportunities for athletes to realize the business side of sports in a different way. If you were to poll, you know, athletes, most athletes at the college level understand that sports, it's a business, right? There's so much information out there about the business side of college sports, and obviously we've known about the business side of, of professional sports as well. But when you start to realize that you have the opportunity from a business perspective to explore and expand your horizons and to grow as you accept various opportunities, even for those athletes who aren't going to sign those big elite endorsement opportunities, that maybe they're just going to be doing camps and clinics and, and speaking engagements and potentially coaching you know, high school students who want to transition into college. That still is a business. And there still needs to be some thought around what does that business model look like for that athlete? And and when the athlete starts to think about you know, that from, a, from an entrepreneurship perspective, now they're thinking about themselves as an entrepreneur. They're thinking about themselves beyond just being the athlete and the athlete's performance on the field. They're now thinking about their performance uh, from a corporate perspective, their performance from a business perspective. I really think that we're going to see if you know, depending on what these rules look like when they come out next year, we, the bottom line is we know that athletes are going to be able to be compensated um, as they commercialize their name, image, and likeness. And we know that this entrepreneurship is going to be a part of that. And so as athletes are educated on this business side of these opportunities, I, I think that there's going to be an opportunity for them to realize that they are more than the athlete. Even though they may know it, they're going to see themselves from a professional perspective and maybe from a larger societal perspective that they are more than an athlete. 
and that will give them the opportunity to be able to you know, think about what life looks like when sports end. Because this isn't simply a professional athlete issue. Many athletes, uh, we know that, you know, what is it, 98% of college athletes are going to go pro in something other than their sport when they graduate college. I mean, that's, you know, one of the taglines that the NCAA uses in, in their advertising. And it's true. And we know that, I mean, it's usually around 2% or so of athletes, college athletes are going to play pro. So we still know, though, that these athletes still put in the same amount of hours. Same amount of time in the development uh, of their physical abilities in their sport. And when college comes to an end, oftentimes it's now readjusting and resetting their mindset around their identity of having played on these large, you know, athletic stages with the lights on and the cameras on, if you will. And then now to go into an office every day or, you know, whatever their, their job might entail. It's that idea that athletes really are going to be able to have this opportunity through name image and likeness to develop themselves you know more broadly in this in this professional development arena that i think will give them a better sense of self when they transition from college into whatever their next chapter of life looks like whether it's working whether it's professional sports or what have you so a lot there. There's a lot there, and there's a lot of, of research out there. If you're interested in this topic, there's a lot of research, uh, academic research on athlete identity foreclosure. I've just really kind of scratched the surface, but it is something that I wanted to share because it's something that we talk about. And if you're listening and and you're not that professional athlete, um, you know, maybe you're an accountant, a lawyer, a musician, an artist, a, a business person, whatever that might be, we all have to deal with this. Um, this question of who are you, right? This question of who am I? Because I know that I'm more than an athlete. I know that I'm more than an attorney. I know that I'm, you know, more than an accountant, uh, more than an uh, artist, an entertainer, what have you, right? So we know that we're more than that. Sometimes it helps us though to articulate what that is. So one of the things that I'll share in closing is I look at myself as I'm a protector of possibilities, right? And 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 that's where the name protecting your possibilities you know, for the podcast came, right? I've looked at myself over the past number of years as a protector of possibilities. So whether I'm working with individual professional athletes, I'm working to protect them and all the opportunities and possibilities that they have to make a positive impact on themselves, their families, their communities. Um, but I'm also a father and a husband and I look at my family and I really want to protect the possibilities that they have in terms of, you know, my kids being able to to believe that they can do and achieve anything in life. Um, but also in terms of things that matter to me, you know, I was adopted and, and being able to give back to causes that support kids in foster care or kids that are going through adoptions or families that are dealing with that as well. Um, I want to give back and, and be involved and engaged in that because I know the possibilities that exist in all people. And so for, you know, young people to have someone else out there that's trying to protect all the possibilities that they have, that's just that's just who I am. And I've taken that on as my own identity because, again, I don't want to be seen as just a lawyer because I'm, I'm so much more than that. And, and you listening are so much more than whatever your profession is. So take the time to think about who you are um, and think about your identity. So that way, whenever that one thing may end, at, at some point, I hope I don't keel over at my desk. At some point, um, my career is going to come to an end. And I hope that the impact I've had and the identity that I have taken on for myself is so much more than that of just a lawyer. And I don't mean that to diminish you know, my, my practice uh, of the law because I love it. I absolutely love what I get to do every single day. But at the same time, 
we are better counselors to our clients when we know that our identity is that much more, right? We, we provide practical, real-world advice, understanding that athletes are more than just athletes, right? And that, you know, all of us have more to give to this world than simply our profession. So instead of, you know, rambling on, I'm going to wrap it up here. Do some more research on that. Let me know your thoughts. Um, share your thoughts with me on social media. I'm at Luke Fedlam. Um, my, you know, my work contact information is all online through our porterwright.com website. Um, you can find me there. But please do subscribe to the podcast. Share it with some friends. Feel free to leave comments wherever you listen to podcasts uh, because those comments are, are taken and we, we try to build um, you know, discussions around what it is that, that you all want to hear as it relates to protecting athletes and those around them. So again, I'm Luke Fedlam, uh, host of the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a great day. Porter Wright, Morrison Arthur, LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.